Guys, have you had the Trader Joe's spicy cashews? Spicy this, garlic cashews. Um, this is something that I did not know I needed until today, but I feel like any snack from Trader Joe's is definitely worthy of being in my stomach, you know? Because they have yes. those chocolate-covered almonds that have, like, coconut in them, too, and those make me see God. They really do. They have, wait, they have chocolate-covered almonds with coconut? Mm-hmm. They're, they're really, really, really good. I just feel like they do snacks so well there. What's you know, you have your perfect snacks, you have your perfect movie, you've got a perfect night, you know, just hanging alone in quarantine. What else do you need? What type of chocolate? I think it's dark chocolate. I don't know. I mean, all chocolate is good chocolate to me, you know. What about yeah. you, Alan? Well, speaking of snacks, what about that dummy? No. <laughs> I, I was going to go, oh, no. speaking of snacks and nuts, how about the ventriloquist? <laughs> <laughs> he takes off his head. He's just I, one big salted oh, cashew. <laughs> <laughs> now let's see who you really are. <laughs> oh my goodness. Hello everyone. Welcome to Code Unknown, where we explore the movies that seem to have drifted out of history. I'm Alan Geis. And I'm Trell McCoy. I'm Kylie Black. This week, we're joined by the dazzling, the sensational, the sort of gal you want to bring home to mama. It's Arya Middleman. <laughs> Why, thank you for that introduction, Alan. I, uh, I'm very flattered that you would want to introduce your mom to me. That is information I have now. Thank you. <laughs> yes, very excited to have you on the show. I want to point out from the beginning that I was like, uh, Aria is super fun. I think she needs to come on the podcast sooner than later. We're For October, we're doing horror films. And I, I said, this is what we're going to do. To which you said, oh, I don't watch horror films. And I mean, we weren't going to exclude you from joining just because of that. So yeah, I can't wait to see your thoughts on this movie, given that this isn't a genre you love playing with. So oh my very gosh. exciting stuff. Well, I'm honored you'd still have me on your show, even though I, 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 I wouldn't say I'm squeamish, but I tend to be haunted by things. Uh, even though I know movies are fake, they're, they're Hollywood, they're made, you know, there's no such thing as ghosts. Part of my mind, I feel like, believes in it, but it's so in the closet that I, you know, the, the, the ghosts come out to haunt me when I really don't want them to. <laughs> well, so that's I, where we're at. Uh, we can't wait to hear if any of these uh, sort of tales are going to be haunting you. <laughs> so this week, we're talking about Dead of Night, the highly influential, I had never heard of it, so like this is like, it was definitely code known material, but it's a highly influential 1945 horror anthology film. Mm. Say that all, but say it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so you want my thoughts? No, oh, sorry, I... I meant to uh, like uh, cue in Trellin. Uh, oh, you're gonna... me? Okay. Sorry. So, okay, yeah, right. uh, I'll, I'll read it again. I'll read it again. In parentheses real quick. Uh, and then put them in bold and then like 25 fonts so we can make sure we know, Alan. Just so I, I, guys, I, I, I started the outline. I was like, too. I was like, they're going to be so proud of me. Like, look, like I, I filled in all the information yeah. and I forgot to add in like Trellin, but okay. <laughs> so here we go. One more time. This week, we're talking about Dead of Night the highly influential 1945 horror anthology film. Architect Walter Craig senses impending doom as his half-remembered re recurring dream turns into reality. The guests at a country house encourage him to stay as they take turns telling supernatural tales. So 
right from the start, I realize that this movie is made in 1945. It's made by British people. So it's going to be super tame. But at the same time, when he walked in there, is it just me or like the, the people's, the way they looked at him did not help his case of like, or, or the, their case, I should say, of like, these people are innocent and he has a bad feeling because they're all kind of eyeing him up and down with this face of like, we're going to eat you. Like, he's like, hey, I have a bad vibe here. And everybody's kind of looking at him like, when he turns around, they're like, and it's like, what the fuck is going on? No? Really, you didn't get, it was super unnerving. It was. They all graded him individually. Yeah, like, I was like, they're going to kill him. Like, that's what, (laughs) these people are fucked up. Yeah, I I saw that and I was like, oh, look at the sense of community people had in the 40s. I wish we had that now. Oh my God. That is wild that that's what you got from that because I were on my the edge of my seat the edge of my bed I was in my bed when I was watching this and I was like this is so disturbing and I don't know why Kylie we're not going over we're not meeting your family if you ever invite us (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the whole movie definitely had that my family's British so maybe that's why. Yeah, um, Charles and I totally agree with that. I feel like. Us, the viewers, were, were, at least I was, like, very, um, very unnerved the whole time because he was so paranoid. You know, it Mm -hmm. seemed like he was this little chunk of reality within this, like, weird room where everything seems to be happening, like, Groundhog Day, Deja Mm Vu-esque, and he's the one experiencing it because we've all felt that way before, being like, oh, I've been here before. So in that way, I feel like you can almost see yourself in him. If that's yeah, audience surrogate. Yeah, he's a good audience surrogate. Yeah. It was interesting that we don't, like, the first time we're meeting him, he's just talking about he's had this nightmare, had this nightmare. So we're like, that makes you, as the, as the audience member, think more like, what was so fucked about his dream? So what I'm saying is I thought that was a good strategy of just, like, mm-hmm. throwing you in there. Like, we don't need to build this up. No kind of shots of him waking up in the middle of the night, like, <gasps> You know, mm. like kind of what happens at the end, that was smart to leave it at the end. You yeah, know? and I think yeah. that like the idea that he, you, they never really explain why he comes, like why he's there in the beginning. So you're sort of like, you get that the other people are friends or neighbors and they know each other, but then you're sort of like, why is he invited here? Why'd they invite him? They, what, yeah. What? <laughs> I had no idea what he was doing. I, I had no idea why he was there. I was he's like, even like... <laughs> no, he's apparently an architect, is what I got from it. Yeah. But but they I love at the end. But it's so unrelated. Nobody's making haste of being like, you know, come look at this, whatever. They're just like, hey, come come hang out. Like, just let's just fucking chill. Let's just talk. At first, I thought he was gonna be like a writer or something. I don't know, but yeah, architect. I even think of that. Yeah. Yeah, it did feel kind of weird when a man comes to your house and just starts telling you he's dreamt about you before. Like, what what, a, what other reason does he have to be at your house? I mean, I don't know. I think the end definitely helped me understand why he was there in the first place. But, mm-hmm. I mean, we, should, we, we can talk about the end after we get through the rest of, you know, the rest of the 145 minutes. I can't, <laughs> I can't talk, wait to talk, talk about, about the ending. The first, the first yeah. uh, Hearst man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, let, let's get mm-hmm. into it. So, so basically, they, uh, you got to have a skeptic. And so the skeptic is this like, super colorful psychiatrist. Uh, oh, it's okay. You'll thought, uh, I don't know. Was that his accent? <laughs> yeah, why was he yeah. the only one with the accent? Also? Like, we need <laughs> to like, dive into that. Where's it's he like from? 
yeah, like if you are a doctor in movies back then, you can't just be like, oh, uh, well, let me, you got to be like like some wacko who's like, you know, <laughs> his, his suit was too small and he's like, oh, you okay, so anyway. <laughs> well, he's probably, he probably, he feels like he's very Freudian if he's going off a dream. Yeah. yeah. So he's probably like, again, I don't want to spoil the ending, but like if my, if anyone was to cast a Freudian Wait, Kylie, you cut out for a sec. Didn't oh, you? I yeah. did? Yeah, oh, yeah. What- I said if I was going to cast or, like, think of a psychologist that was Freudian, I would go for German. Like, in my head, they would be German. Oh, German. got it. Okay, that makes sense. That That's makes sense. That's why I wear the spectacles, too, because, like, Freud wore. Uh, Hollywood, yeah. if you're looking for a new casting agent, Kylie, Kylie Black, uh, call her. <laughs> and I mean, I know you all can't see Alan right now, but the fact that he is wearing glasses does make him smarter. It is proven. I, I will, I will announce that as of Monday, I will no longer be wearing glasses because I'm getting LASIK surgery. So. Oh, oh congratulations. Wow. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm really <laughs> excited. I'm really excited. But okay. Back, back to the, back to this. So. The first story, we have this guy, he's a, what was it, like a, like a race, race car, car driver, driver back, back then. Oh, mm-hmm. And this story was like, like pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Yeah. There, there was kind of no like buildup other than him seeing the, the hearse. Uh, yeah. He sees this guy in a hearse and uh, he tells him, only room for one more, sir. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, and then yeah. yeah, yeah. And then. And then he gets released and he, oh, okay, he had a near-death experience. I guess I kind of skipped over that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought kind of the only real, you know, illuminating thing from that, that I got from that story was just like the actual crash, how he avoided death because he got to see, it was almost like final, this is a precursor to Final Destination. It's like he knew he was like, he was in, in the shit if he got into that bus. And then the bus, I don't know how, I'd love to know how they shot that because it was a super good model. It was a toy. <laughs> it yeah, that was like yeah. my whole notes for like the shot selection and like the all of this is like really well done, especially yeah. for the 40s. Yeah, like, I know. For being just a toy, it was like it so great, meticulously yeah. re- recreated. Like everything mm-hmm. was like everything was there. Everything was there. So mm-hmm. like yeah, hats off to those people. Uh, any other thoughts like, on that one? I mean, like, I, I, there kind of isn't much to uncover. Yeah, I thought the Hearst driver looked like a skinny Alfred Hitchcock. He did. He totally, (laughs) yes, yes. I just thought that, like, what, I I thought his his imagination was so not severe in comparison to the other stories. Like, Mm -hmm. they just start, they just kept going uphill on more fucked and more fucked and totally fucked. And this one was like, like, sure, you imagined something and now you're having, you're seeing the same person, but it's like, that's not scary at all. So I was watching, I was like, this is a horror movie? Like, what am I missing here? I, maybe if we did research, we'd find out that like, like, British bus drivers were like the biggest drunks in the world. So like, it was really scary to get on a bus. Maybe that's what that that was exploring right there. I think that <laughs> was based on like a real like accident or something. That portion of the story. Like, uh, based on uh, yeah, I, I read it down in the trivia and then the Twilight Zone ended up using the exact same story for an episode in the 60s. The Twilight Zone oh. used every single one of these stories. <laughs> yeah. They literally used I will go into them later, but every single one is like pretty much a Twilight Zone episode. Some of them have been two Twilight Zone episodes. So, <laughs> and they thought they we wouldn't notice. Soul, and they're like, we're going to make it a woman and we're going to make it a plane and a hospital. So, <laughs> mm. I mean, 
I don't know if you guys, I'm sure you notice, I mean, you're very perceptive people, that like all of the stories wound up just getting more and more severe. Mm-hmm. And, and to, like all the way to the end where there was the gun that was pulled out. And that was like the first moment where I was realizing like all of these hallucinations, all of these kind of insane circumstances are becoming so much more deadly in a way like even though there were people that died in that bus crash it wasn't anyone we really knew or cared about but then when the ventriloquist in the last um story wound up shooting someone like that was the moment where i was like oh this is like people people can die because of like what's happened that just seemed like the climax to me and they just Mm -hmm. kept getting more intense did you guys notice that too that's one thing I really loved about it. It did have a snowball effect and you get even weirder and odder and more surreal as the movie went along. Like the golf story is such a weird tonal shift I, out of nowhere. I, I can't wait to talk about the golf story. We could talk about the golf story <laughs> oh, for, for three podcast episodes. It was bonkers. Hey, I want a man who can golf and I want the best one. And that means, you know, I'm going to marry him. That's logic, right? If, if that is how things were settled back then, I am I am proud of where we are today. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, oh. Wow. Okay, so next one is the the ghost child, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so th- we get this gorgeous actress. Uh, she's still alive. I looked her up. I was like, what has she been doing? Wow. Um, you hit her up? Yeah, I was going to be like, you, you slide in those DMs? <laughs> you know, like 80. I'm kind of like, if you're 80, that's like my number. Like, I like a woman. I like an older woman, you know? Oh, um, Alan. Okay. You hear, you heard that to your first ladies, you know? <laughs> I'm not just going for cougar. I'm going for a panther. No, I don't, oh, I don't know. I don't know what extends after a cougar. You're going for queen of the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> so, so she's just hanging out. Very weird, you know these people they're having like this little party it's almost like the kids of the people that would go to like an eyes wide shut party you know what i'm saying like they all have like little masks and stuff and they're being groomed to one day have a big sex orgy did anyone else get that it's the christmas it's the party West the rich people yeah. christmas party they all have well, money there you go and there they're dressed in yeah. costumes and they're playing in a big house like that's it's old mm-hmm. money rich people christmas party their parents are all friends or like know each other through like fam- connections and now did, we're all wait, like, did one of you say sex party? No. Alan did. Oh, Alan did. And I was oh, like, I, I was going to be like, Alan, these are children. You're <laughs> no, talking no, about. I, was like, I didn't look at kids in costumes and go eyes wide shut. <laughs> no, no. Oh. Uh, you guys, I'm, saying, I'm not saying that's what it is. I'm saying that is it's what like these kids offspring. are. They're going to grow up. Yeah, they're offspring. And these kids are probably going to grow up to do that. To have lots of sex parties. I, that's so fucked up to say. I really oh, I mean, it. well, at least they know what's up. Uh, <laughs> but so, oh no, so, maybe maybe the the guy he he was making the moves on her. Yeah, no, exa- Yes, yeah, the guy yeah. was super wackadoodle, and so uh, it. This was also a straightforward one, but it is eerie. It is eerie where they're playing hide and go seek. She finds this little kid. It's like. I mean, I think in a way we all want a room like that. I've seen like, a, I think a TikTok where somebody opened a closet, like like pushed over shirts, opened a little door and there was a hidden room. A whole other room. So like, yeah. I, I secretly want that. Like I want that right now. <laughs> I mean, house. I just have to say that it was a little, that was like the one part where I was like, oh, I just don't believe this. And I feel like they could have like 
done it just a little bit better had they adjusted the lighting and made it more surreal because let's say had someone else gone up into the room to find the boy mm -hmm. they would have found the room empty right that would have That's been enough to be for. right and not have the yes. boy be there was no transition between real uh, life and then fantasy so it was just like hard mm -hmm. for me to believe that no one else had stumbled up into this room before you know yeah i don't know i, mean, I was expecting that to happen house, though like if you look at the size of that house, I mean, it's not. It's it almost looks like a mansion or like a castle. Like it's it's pretty huge. Well, so we I, got we we got a maid here and again that will go. I feel like who would have found that boy before she did? You know, clean in the corners or whatever. Jk, the house was round. There are no she, corners. She, <laughs> she had a caviar to tend to. So I I was like, are we ever gonna like when she gets the news that like my sister beats me or whatever the kid said that like she was gonna see the sister like the sister I was gonna show up from behind like i thought it was gonna be some shit like that but this is how tame this movie is that it's just like the little kid was enough it was like that's that's where the audience was supposed to be like mm -hmm. oh my word and then like that was it like that was the story so i yeah, was like getting goosebumps of the idea of like someone walking in and not saying anything i was expecting something like that to happen and then when we have her go downstairs i was expecting like her to tell the thing the everyone else at the party and they go to the room and like the door wouldn't be there or something really creepy something. like that but then like the guy's just like oh yeah that's a ghost and like like she gone up with like his mom or something to the yeah. room and like it was empty but then maybe like she saw the kid like strangled or something in the bed so, oh my god <laughs> some yeah. sort of payoff something yeah. but yeah oh, i was i wanted that also yeah. i love the 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 german the the pseudo freud like explaining everything logically what i don't even remember what he said for that like she must have just made said the oh. What did yeah. he say? What like, did he say like about she knew though? the ghost story or, or read something already, and like she just she, created. Yeah, she knew it subconsciously, but forgot mm -hmm. or something, and then hadn't yeah. even been thinking about it. But like part of her brain had already known. Like I, I, that was a trend throughout the whole movie of him like trying to explain this to make it to have it make sense to people, which I thought was really interesting because I feel like we always need to make sense of something that we don't really understand. Mm -hmm. I just want to bring up that. Uh, Aria, your observation of the Entrellen 2 of how the narratives escalate, I that's a, a genius observation that I honestly ends up paying off. I, I don't want to skip to the ending. This is just something I'm realizing. Like, it is tame, but holy shit, that ending, because this has to do with the next segment, which is the mirror one. So the mirror one, when he's seeing the reflection, I thought he was going to, like, start seeing himself as the the jealous husband like i thought he was going to start transforming when he saw himself in the mirror and the or there was going to be blood or like just it was going to start getting more gruesome but it kind of just was more of a mental thing mm -hmm. uh and it reminds me of the ending and how there is kind of more actual transformations so in talking about the mirror one uh first of all i want to highlight this actress the the wife uh googie withers is she alive <laughs> <laughs> did you hit her up yet i, I hit her up too hold on googie withers uh 2011 she she passed away yeah rest her heart rest her heart but she was in oh she was in um uh jules de sand movie with richard whitmark yes uh yeah night in the city really cool film noir 
Maybe we can do it for November. But anyway, cool lady. Googie, wish I could have hit you up. So <laughs> that's on her on her tombstone to this day. Googie, wish I could have hit you up. <laughs> wish um, wish more young lads would have hit me up. <laughs> oh, I know. oh my god. Um, I thought it was so interesting that she only had one take to to uh, ruin and break that mm -hmm. mirror. Um, to be honest, I was like. I I would have liked uh, the the husband's transformation to uh, insanity to uh, you know ac accusatory to be a lot more gradual. As soon as she was told the story that this is what happens with the mirror, I was like, oh, so now he's this. Per Do you, I, you're, Alan? You're making faces. You agree? Because I couldn't agree more. Is like yeah. it's like he's just kind of like. I keep seeing myself, I keep seeing myself. And then she hears a story from this guy who I thought was awesome. He could definitely be like Eeyore or something. He was kind <laughs> of, like, he definitely had some kind of natural deformities, right? I don't think that was just makeup. I think he was just kind of a not pleasant looking gentleman, bless his soul. Um, but then and, the husband was like, but you're cheating on me. I know yeah, it. She like, walked out of in and he's, he's like, you've been, you've been sucking off everybody. <laughs> ah, come here. And just like, whoa, like, what happened? <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> this one was it was this one the longest like uh, short. It felt like it, it was, was so like long. It was minutes. so long over nothing. It was so long. Yeah, but nothing. I feel because, like this is where it really escalated. Yeah. Like I do like the point that you make. Like all of you made about escalating, especially like mm -hmm. Alan. You're pointing this out. Like this is the one where it gets like intense. It's, like before, it's just mm -hmm. like these little like feels like Edgar Allan Poe like middle school level very just elementary <laughs> stories. Or <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe stories for for toddlers right. like. <laughs> exactly, it's like very light stories, and this is like we've reached Telltale Heart or something. Like it's a little <laughs> bit more. People are dying. I didn't. Yeah, the the fact that she only like they, they could only afford in the budget to hit the mirror once explains so much. Because I think my notes were like, why won't she hit the fucking mirror? Because she just sits yeah. there for like for like a good five ten minutes being like no no i didn't actually do it it's the mirror but then she does nothing about the mirror um can i just say i have no idea why he was so scared to see his reflection when the reflection itself i gotta say looked very homey you know there was a fire burning fire. in the background you know i could imagine myself curled up with my hot chocolate you know i was like why is he so perturbed to be in like a nice mm -hmm. cottage setting like what's wrong with you you there You're wasn't right. like a pool of blood from the dead guy or anything. It was just that's there what it was needed. It right. needed yeah. something like that. It was yeah. like, dude, that's better than where you're living now. Like, you should be like, how do we get, <laughs> how can I switch? Like, that <laughs> looks like an awesome life. What was wrong? Or it'd be creepy if like kids were playing by the fire. That's just like a creepy I, visual. Just something. like something like that. You yeah. needed what about something. the guy? What about the, why couldn't the guy just be standing behind him or like next to him? Instead That's of what I'm saying. Like so simple. It. So simple. Yeah. Or the strangled yeah. wife like sitting there or something. Yeah. 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 Yep. I know. Something it was like not that. eerie enough. I mean, then no. again, you've been saying, Alan, how tame everything is. And I think that's why my non-horror self was, it was easy to digest for me, I, which I was very thankful for. When it, yeah, when it comes to horror movies, I think this was a good one for you. Like, you know? Mm, much appreciated. <laughs> I gotta say, even though this movie was, you know, as we're saying, tame, especially for today's sound, so on and so forth. Again, I don't want to skip to the ending. But the makeup on those people at the ending was haunting. There was some mm -hmm. haunting imagery that I, I want to, like, screenshot it and, like, post it up on our, on our Insta or in the YouTube video or something. Like, I'll post a clip, but it's fucking terrifying. Let's... Let's get into the golf one. Yes? Yeah. Is that the next Please. one? Is that the, I think it is the next yeah. one. Uh, right. Yeah, you're right. Okay. So. My second favorite. <laughs> 
we okay okay let, let me gather my thoughts here i don't want to i don't want to say something that wasn't true so correct me if i'm ever wrong but um oh, oh hold on i do have this note about the mirror one at one point when he's looking himself in the mirror to adjust he has a, a, a shirt with loops for his suspenders which i've never seen before i thought that was awesome and you were like i need that in my wardrobe i have never needed something more I, have, yeah, I was like, I don't really pay attention to like how people attach suspenders generally. But like, as a suspender connoisseur uh, who pays mm -hmm. that sort of things important to him, I noticed right away. Um, I have roughly 10 notes on this movie. One of them is the suspenders. I thought you were going to say I have roughly 10 pairs of suspenders. And that was very important to me to know. <laughs> I'd be like, Alan, okay. <laughs> so... Uh, also, like a lot of these stories are about women being tormented, and I would even argue that the golf one is about a woman being tormented, and I don't understand why she. I think the most. That. Yeah, yes. the golf yeah. one was like. So I, I don't know. Like I just that took me. Like I feel like there was there. I read a lot of stuff about like how those guys were in like the Lady Vanishes, and like after this movie that like people kept trying to sell them as like comedic duos that were like obsessed with sports. So I don't know, part of me wonders, it didn't say this, but part of me wonders if like, maybe like they had to have this in there to like get the movie made or like there was a producer who wanted this. Uh, it didn't feel like, at least to me, it did not feel like it fit the tone at all. Like I didn't- It was, I, it was total yeah. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Like was, even, I know that um, Alan, you thought it was very creepy the way that the one of the two uh, main friends, like the guy, the he went into the water. Yeah, like, that was like the only eerie part to me. The rest of it, it was like it was the whimsical. funniest shit ever. Yeah. It was so funny to me. It's oh creepy God. him killing himself which nobody tries to stop him. And then they say like, <laughs> oh yes, that horrible accident. It was no accident. You guys just fucking let him. <laughs> he I thought it was so funny how he just like blank faces like, well, I got to do it. Fuck it. <laughs> Why did, I don't in. think the don't deal was ever. For. Okay, let's That's get things straight. <laughs> I can't want to golf. Just so we're on the same page. They're both in love with this woman. They're both about equally good at golf. They're sitting there being like, being like at a bar and they're like, you know, we both love you, but obviously like, you know, based off today's standards. She's not we, saying anything either. We can't she just like, yeah. we can't just like all three of us be married. Like you have to choose someone and they're like, yeah, yeah. And they go, guys, we'll golf for her. Like they say in front of her, we'll golf for her. And she's like, I like this idea. I love this idea. Why didn't we think of it sooner? Because it's insane. What I've never heard of somebody say, "We'll golf for a woman," and then the woman be like, "I love this." I love That's a stupendous this. idea. That like, is, thank yeah. God that is not women's rights. Imagine oh, if, like, yeah. every Supreme Court decision was based on a game of golf. Like, yes. That, no. This is no, Game no. of Thrones level. Like, we will do a trial by combat, and whoever, like, if you win, you're innocent. What? Like, yeah. But I so feel like she wanted, like, she wasn't, like, just, it's not like they dragged her there. Because I was thinking that, too, it was, like, she really could do, like, better than those guys. But, yeah. like, both one of them was too old and the other one was one just them too, was, like, dopey. too old. They're, they're both, yeah. I feel like they're both actually too old, but the other one just looks younger. He's still as color. Yeah. But yeah. then, yeah. like, they're both sort of, like, these jerks that, like, don't, like, they're not just, like, they're not even charming. Like, they're not even What's charming. They're sort of, like, she could do them? better, but she wants to be there for whatever reason, so. No. Everybody in this movie is the most high class, like nobody had to work for a living. Or if they did yeah. work, when we get to the ventriloquist, he's like, you know, one of the best. And like, everybody is the most privileged person ever in this fucking, in this fucking movie. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I need to say oh. that guy, the one who died, was the most jovial ghost I have ever seen. Like he, he was almost good. happy to be dead. Like yeah. he was be he was just like, oh, we're gonna set. Well, I have to be within six feet of you for the rest of your life, yeah. and I guess we're just gonna have to deal with that. And he's like, oh. Okay, well, and he's in the, the way. Shot of him on the car is hilarious. Yeah, like he's just on the back and just hold it on. <laughs> I'll, I'll do you one better. He does start off being like, "You left me to die, and now mm -hmm. I'm gonna haunt you." And so you think oh. like, "Whoa, this is gonna get dark. Like we're in for some shit." Especially the way he just killed himself, and then he just appears, and he's like. Uh, I forgot how to get home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's these rules. You gotta do something. You gotta go to this ghost world. Yeah. And he's you have like, to take a you... class how to learn how to do this. Like, Who's that? teaching that class? No, he gives him an ultimatum. He's like, unless you do this, I'll just keep haunting you. And you're like, yo, this is gonna be dark. Obviously, he's gonna refuse and he's gonna start fucking with the shit. And then he's just like, okay, I, I, a deal. I agree. And he's like, oh, now I can't get back home. And then it gets super silly. My he favorite thing is, a moment um, too. I have to say, commend, like, I want to admire the 30s that we have a comedy here where the entire conflict is the ghost needs to get home because the other guy has to fuck his new wife on Saturday. <laughs> like, I oh feel like that God. overt of a sexual <gasps> reference was, like, mm -hmm. very way ahead of its time. That's the only thing I will compliment it on because that was, like, way... Mm -hmm. I did not expect, like... It to be that direct and the woman not, not being condemned for having a sex drive oh my god a world <laughs> whoa exactly. simply wow my favorite part of this is uh the reaction the man gives when the ghost is like hey you're gonna quit golf for the rest of your life and that's like the one that pushes him over the edge he throws he's, a chair he's like no what, what, my what life. do you mean i'm not gonna do that <laughs> it's like okay yeah you're right i'm sorry about that i overstepped <laughs> I, I just died because of this game <laughs> no, what about the bartender? Ever. Oh, yeah. the, the bartender sees him talking to himself. He, oh, and he throws the drinks up and just <laughs> like oh it's The implication of the ending is like the ghost goes to like have sex with the wife, isn't it? Yeah. Or like yes. that's crazy. That's <laughs> and and also that it, if you are a yeah. human and you do the right movements, which is the John Cena, you you can't see you me, go on. You can you can teleport to Ghost World. That yeah. was insane. Mm. <laughs> so so that that does it for that one but oh my goodness that was uh there was a lot to unpack there that was mm. it was definitely a totally different tone i was like not even ready for it um and then the one that comes after that the ventriloquist one was Oof. like so horrifying the face and just like everything about that doll i am um, no keep it we, far away from mm. aria thank you very much I, I just want to let everyone know if you if you listen this far, I think we're going to spend at least one more hour talking <laughs> about this just this last segment. So like strap in, here it comes. Uh, I, I do want to highlight before though that there is we talk about this movie being highly influential. There is a movie, a lesser talked about movie from Steven Spielberg called Always, in which I no shit. This is the this is the plot. This is what happens. Richard Louis Dreyfus. Um, no, Richard Dreyfus. Sorry, I'm wrong. Yeah, I was like Mor Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah, Mor I was Dreyfus morphed him like, into Richard Dreyfus. Uh, <laughs> Dreyfus. He he dies. He is like a uh, like an Alaskan um, pilot, like the kind that like drop water on forest fires. So he's like a good dude, and he he dies while putting out a fire, 
and his wife is Holly Hunter, so he leaves or fiance leaves her a widow, whatever. And he comes back as a ghost to find her love. So he starts appearing as ghost to people, being like, I've been watching you and I think you're good for my wife. Like I'm gonna guide oh. you how to I'm gonna show you how to fuck my wife. It's not that explicit, but like that is what, what it is about. He is appearing, telling this guy, giving him dating tips about how to seduce the wife who is Holly Hunter. I, I'm not even making this up. Real fucking movie from Steven Spielberg. It's insane. But that's what I started getting from this movie is just the guy being like, well, I got to be with you now within six feet. Like I just, I have to be there whenever you're with, your, with the wife. Anyway, oh. I just want to highlight that and, and to check out that weird ass movie. I'm okay. sure it's, it was inspired. There seems to be a lot of things that were inspired by this movie. Yeah. So. yeah, lots of themes that are connected. And I hadn't, Alan, I had not even thought that all of these stories were about like women being terrorized. But that is such a good point because I just feel like even, I, I honestly thought that it didn't depict women necessarily in a bad light. I really no, didn't. Not at all. I, it's not it's, something that I thought of at all. No, it's, it's really the that. men that are always like kooky. You know what I'm saying? Like the... Uh, well, and dumb and dumb yeah like <laughs> this is very like on par with like japanese horror which was always like the women were like fucked over by men so then the women come back as ghosts to like get revenge you know <laughs> it's just like totally like in the, on the same uh plane yeah but i mean just too friendly I was just happy there were no like very stereotypical women like within like like film noir even like there were so many set roles yeah and there were some outspoken women in this and I was like oh that's yeah, kind of nice to see you know? they're actually redeemable and not like total monsters in fact the only mm -hmm. bad woman is never shown which is the sister that killed a little brother so still disappointing mm -hmm. yeah I do want to also point out that all the women in this in this movie like except the one wife who's like much older have jobs like the one yeah. wife is a nurse still or like, i don't know i'm mm. assuming she kept her job and then the other wife like i has a job i think too because she like seems to have stuff to do on the weekdays so oh googie i think so did googie mm. have a job she seemed like she had a job <laughs> she was too busy thinking yeah. about alan <laughs> <laughs> so we land at Dummy. the final segment or maybe mm. even perhaps open to interpretation the second to last segment but yes we will say mm. the final segment mm -hmm. of a ventriloquist which i think i'm not an expert on dummy lore of uh, ventriloquist lore but i think this movie probably influenced every dummy storyline we've seen in whether it be goosebumps whether it was chucky whether you know what i mean like i think uh, was there really dummy stuff going on before this not that I can think of. It's Not that I've ever heard. Inherently creepy, though. There was one movie from the late 20s that it said, like, also had a dummy. I think there were mm. stories about it, but okay. this cool. specific story of this specific type of dummy, like, like this was a dummy? Like, Maybe didn't yeah, like start it, but popularized it. Do mm. we want to say that? I don't think, I don't know if the other movie was about, like, a dummy that tried to kill people, though. Got like, it. maybe a dummy that was alive, but not one that tried to kill people. Or it was that a good it was, dummy, the friendly yeah. dummy. No, like <laughs> this specific dummy, it, it's odd too because this is the only one that's not based off short story. All the other um, like or little parts are like based off short stories or like real events, but this one's like not. It's was just written, I think, for the movie. Well, well, so, something I yeah. noticed was that like I and I hadn't even thought of this before because I don't know a lot about ventriloquy, but I've seen. Is that Wait. ventriloquy? Is that is Can it, I call it that? Is it ventriloquism or ventriloquism? I don't know. Ventriloquism. 
<laughs> what, what the, the the dummy holding the dummy where your hand is up its you know and you up its are what? the ventriloquist itself ellen we're not going to go there about this kind of podcast <laughs> <laughs> and i was like kind of it's cool to see the perspective that the dummy takes on a life of its own, really, at least in the mind of the person operating it, that it's like split personality disorder. You guys picked up on that too, especially when he was in like the mental ward and he was locked up when the, when the psychiatrist was like looking at him through the, um, I guess the little, the little window, I was like, Oh wow, this is a mental disorder pretty much. Mm -hmm. And that kind of thing. I, I don't know if that happened to a lot of ventriloquists where they had a tough time distinguishing what was real and what, you know, was a figment of their imagination and whether they could even remember what they said as the dummy. I don't know. You know how there was strikes when it, the newest it chapter one came out the and there was, there was clown strikes being like this movie like is is hurting our business whatever i wonder if ventriloquist back then would like like hey this isn't cool you know like we're not we're not crazy we're not gonna kill you i mean probably how many ventriloquists <laughs> yeah. do you see nowadays jeff dunham i think he's the only one left oh <laughs> god <dude. laughs> like, so i i want to bring up uh, there this is like a trope right the one of these things that that i feel is depicted in movies and isn't necessarily or i guess up for debate anytime people show paris in movies if it's from like the 20s and 60s maybe even a little after paris seems like the coolest fucking place to be it seems like nobody works everybody loves what they do there's all these cool nightclubs everybody seems like they're living a lavish chill life everybody seems upper class yet equal at the same time and i just that's such a like wow, like what a world, what a world that they created here that's just so unrealistic. I never <laughs> felt that just because the dummy was lurking around every fucking corner. Like, you know, well, I like, guess specifically the, the, just the opening, you know, like this. Yeah, uh, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But I, yeah. I, you know, it's funny because I actually thought it was really realistic in comparison to like a lot of 40s movies. And I did love the fact that we have, I just want to point out, we have like a black actress playing a woman who owns an established nightclub. Dude. And it's not made to be out in any way comical or satirical or plays on any stereotypes. She is a smart, independent woman with friends that are white men that she do not condescend to her. And she owns her own business yeah. and is very successful. So you, Super progressive. Dead of night, super progressive. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just say, I think the reason they get away with that without drawing attention to it is because she doesn't really have much of a role. Like, she's not very established. I think it's playing, it's, it's testing the conventions of that time period for sure, but it's also abiding by them because she didn't really get a lot of screen time. She didn't mm -hmm. really get a lot of depth, you know? So yeah. I see that as like a trend with all mm -hmm. of the older movies where it's like, they test it a little bit but they also reel it back in a way to still be like you know a, a crowd pleaser to make the money to get approved you know the one I'm thing about her character is um she seemed to be like the only one in the room who wasn't oblivious that there was something like weird going on with the doll everyone else was just like accepting and she's like looking at it like what the fuck like wh what that's not how it usually goes down the like, women so are the weird. smartest people in this <laughs> movie yes I could get used to that, let me just tell you. So could Googie, I'm sure. <laughs> Googie! <laughs> so, Even so, the guy, the dummy's like, hey, I want to work with you. I want to be like, you're, I, I'm tired of this guy. I'll go He was an hand. idiot. He was the dumbest one. <laughs> with, so are, you bring up an interesting point, Ariel, where you say, you know, this guy went, went crazy, whatever. But here's the mm. thing, here's the thing, is that guy, Sylvester, whatever, Mr. Baldman, 
he walks into the dressing room and he's like, uh, the, the dummy starts talking to him and you think like, whoa, like, is it the dummy or is it the guy? But the guy was behind a closed door, right? And so even, the, even him, Sylvester is like, that was a good trick. How'd you do that? And the guy's kind of like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? And they just kind of brush mm. it off. And that does make you think like, wait, so is the dummy, like, it was definitely ambiguous. What do you guys think? Maybe in the corner, there's a record player where he like timed it perfectly when the door opens. <laughs> yes, I'm sure that's what they want to imply, very much. Um, I, I, I think that that dummy had some shit up its sleeve. I, I gotta say, <laughs> I do think it can walk. I, you know, I, I, I think it's a little possessed. I really do. I, I don't think that it was all just, you know, mirrors I, and fog. I think there was some demonic energy in that little thing. Is it, I lean, is it I lean more towards Yeah. Or is it, did the dummy just take him over after the dummy got killed? Like, did the dummy overpower his spirit? Yeah, that's a good, yeah. yeah. That I don't know so much about. But I think the dummy was was a real, like, entity. Um, Mm. But it is interesting. So this, I forget the the guy's name, but the, the original ventriloquist, he is super, like, disrespectful to this other ventriloquist. And so he's like, get out of your mind. Hey, and he leaves, right? And then he sees him again at that bar and then the like, bar. and then he acts like an asshole. And then he's like, Hey, you want to just hang out and get a drink? And then they just start hanging out again. And it's just like, <laughs> you, you, you know, this guy's fucking whack. Like, why are you with him again? And then I so think he's trying to figure out his secret. I think that's like, honestly, it because he does some pretty impressive stuff. Yeah. Maybe he the admires bar. the work. Sure. That's reason enough or to steal. I mean, that wasn't you like the viewer didn't assume that he was like trying to steal some of the skits, but trying to learn how that he does it. But then, I mean, when you realize that that dummy is actually like sentient, or is that not the right word? Like, sentient? is capable of no, sentient, capable of moving by sentient? itself. Well, yeah. If if the dummy is actually sentient, then yes, yeah. There's no learning from that. I mean, yeah. I mean, I can't view this last. I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna view it as like this is the second to last, and then the last piece was the huge conglomerate montage, montage yeah. of all of that horror with the dummy being resurrected again. You know, so I like viewing it as it can come back from the dead. Like, uh, uh, I think it's more surreal, and I think mm-hmm. trying to say that it's not it's not capable of moving is just like. No, that, 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 I mean, yeah. how, how else can you explain it? I mean, there's no way, you know? I thought no, it was totally... I agree. And, like, yeah. the idea that he's like, oh, well, it must have just been he, without knowing it, took the dummy to the other guy's room. Seems a little bit, like, how is he getting to the room in the middle of the night to drop <laughs> yeah. off? Drops, drops off the dummy and, and then yeah. knocks to come back in, like... Yeah. And he's, like, drunk. Well, I can I tell you guys something. So this made me think of um, uh, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, where when you have a split personality disorder, when you are your other half, you can't remember. So he might have the ventriloquist might have dropped him off as as the dummy in his brain. Because remember, at the mm-hmm. end, like the dummy was alive in the ventriloquist in in himself. So the guy mm-hmm. was no longer there. Like that part of his brain had taken over. So maybe as the dummy, he dropped the dummy body off and then mm-hmm. forgot because he was back as a human what do you guys think i want to rewatch I the totally scene that. to yeah. see if he unlocked the door whoa that'll put an extra spin on it right there <laughs> because like when he opens the door for him when he's knocking did he unlock it or was it just open because i mean i would imagine you're in a hotel you're sleeping like you lock the door so that that's be, like that, the seinfeld mm-hmm. uh, tucked or untucked 
we have to go like it'll be like this oh years before we close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. mr muggles uh <laughs> so I th- yeah yeah go ahead I was like, I want to touch on when the scene, when the psychiatrist, like, gives him the doll, which is, like, I feel like just, like, a fucked up thing to do, like, in the cell. Like, he starts choking it, and everyone reacts like he's choking, like, a real man. Everyone's like, oh, my God. Like, yeah, I, I know. I, I did that. It's just a doll. They would be, like, writing on notes, like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. But that's how terrifying <laughs> it is that they get so engaged in his, like. Yeah. Antics. Yeah. And yeah. his, and, and, like, if it is him just with the split personality disorder that he's, like that engaged in that other half of himself it feels real mm-hmm. it doesn't feel yeah but why does the psychiatrist care so much about a stupid doll like that like I, why were they treating as if it was human like i think he sees it because he sees it i think as being the other personality and i think he fears maybe what would happen if he's already looking at this and saying i think it might be split personality disorder and he's thinking that the dummy represents the other um, personality. Maybe he can, I don't know, maybe he's, I, I can't tell if he's either so engaged in like how realistic the dummy is that he forgets that it's not a real person or if he's so worried about what will happen if the dummy's gone to the guy that he freaks out because he's like, oh, if that happens, mm. shit, which he does. I mean, he. Maybe he wanted to sit them down in, in his office and have couples counseling. <laughs> I mean, could be. It, it like, is important yeah. that you express your feelings. Uh, there's also a line where, like, they're talking about like taking them to court, and I was like hoping, like, oh, please put the the dummy on the stand and like have him testify. But I didn't. <laughs> oh have my him. god! And, and then it's just him going to the back of the dummy, and being like, "Yeah, so he said. Then he said, oh no, I didn't say that. No, oh, yeah, he did.' Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man." That was more in tone with like the fucking golf ball. Uh, yeah, that, <laughs> yeah. The, the golf ball changed the tone of the anthology, and then yeah. it just went whack from there. Yeah. So okay, we are now at the at the end. The the psychiatrist, uh, Mr. Freud, wannabe Freud. He he says a spiel, and then everybody just leaves for some reason. I forget why, but it's only him Absolutely. in the room with him, and then he basically. Oh yeah. What do you guys think, like, set him off? Because I think we could all interpret this in different ways. I'll throw mine out there. He just kind of, he kept talking about this dark thing is going to happen, this dark thing. I think he just realized that he himself is a killer. And he was like, oh, I, I remember. He almost had a split personality thing where he's like, I know what I have to do. Mm. My nature is to kill. And he was just like, I got you right here. I, I think mean, that he also, if you remember, he also said towards the beginning that, like, it all starts to go bad when, like, there's a part in the very beginning where he says, like, the doctor breaks his glasses at some point and then things yeah. really go bad. Yeah. So I, And he says that different things as they happen end up, like, triggering other things. So I think it's, like, when the glasses break, because he'd only told the psychologist that as well. I think, I don't think he told anybody else mm-hmm. that. The I psychologist thought, is the only one that goes like, oh, shit, like, that was the dream he talked about. But none of the other ones know it. So he's like, can I just be alone with him for a second? And they're like, okay, sure. You're right, you're right. That's what, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. You're right, you're right. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so they're like, oh, well. He's like, now I know what the dream tells me I'm supposed to do, so. Do you know what's interesting is that the bad thing that wound up happening to Mr. Craig was not actually, like, something that happened to him physically. Like, I thought he was going to get killed. I thought the family was going to kill him. When, in reality, like, the bad thing that happened was his 
his destiny was unveiled. He remembered why he was supposed to be there and that was to kill this person. And I just thought that was, we were expecting something to happen to him, not for him to be doing something to someone else. And I think that the movie was able to surprise me in that way while still, you know, being so conventional in a way, being so such an old movie now, I thought that was so cool. Mm-hmm. I, I I did. I don't know. It was so Very unexpected. Cool twist. Very right? cool I also agreed. The ending really saved this movie for me. I love the ending, and like just on the filmmaking like level, it was like amazing. But like the match cuts from like the scene to scene, and like the Dutch angles, and like off kilter, and like the last shot of like the hall, the black hallway, and like the incredible. Dummy him was like incredible. Fun. It was amazing. I loved it. And then yeah. it's like all those faces that you don't, I have to say also like the shots at the very, very end where he's like, they've chased all these faces, people that he doesn't know have chased him into the cell. And like, mm-hmm. not only can you see like the extreme close-ups of the dummy, but like the close-up of the people like just staring with like these belated faces behind the, and they, that is terrifying. They have this like subtle kind of like corpse paint on, this kind of black metal face paint. Like yeah. it's not super exaggerated, but it's on the eyes and the lips. And that's what I'm talking about is like the movie built up to that to where it's like, it's just going all out. Like it, it's, they were, they knew what was actually scary, scary, like super fucked up, but they saved it for the very last like thing they're going to show I, you. That was so I, We got golf ball people in there, did we? Well, no, because they're they're fucking silly, so we're not gonna. Yeah, I didn't notice that. I was like, wait, how did they put that in there? I would have loved it. They were just hung. They were just like hanging, yeah. like they killed them. <laughs> oh my god! Or we take a trip down to the water, and his head just pops out like a sentinel yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was so I I. I was expecting it. No, I wasn't expecting the the ending at all. I was unhappy that I I was I was preparing myself to have to look away at points. I and I, I hope you're proud of me that I didn't have to. It wasn't horrible, <laughs> yes, so yes, that's always nice. good. But I do agree coming from like a makeup perspective because you guys are all talking about like the angles and the tech that was used. That makeup was literally so haunting and getting yes. so close to the dummy's face, it just wound up looking so humanoid but off and so wrong i hated yeah. it i'm gonna i'm gonna have a hard time falling asleep tonight let me tell you we we oh, skipped yeah. over <laughs> this i so i don't know i forget which one of you guys noted this but at one point the ventriloquist he he seems troubled we know something's up with the dummy and he's telling sylvester this whole thing like he's controlling me blah 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 and he has a picture of the dummy framed as if it were like a family member and yeah. it was just so oh that was so weird so odd yeah like just like like dude this is your life you walk around with them and you just have a frame picture <laughs> i just you like know they talked about that decision over and over there's production people and everybody was like oh yes we have this picture no oh. it's also it, like not a really big part of the scene it's kind of the background but then it comes back later like the guy holds it like and there's an insert shot of it but yeah it's so <laughs> odd so i think that is like why it's definitely you know that it has to be a mental thing which personally it was I an obsession yeah, because it's like, you think about like this person, this ventriloquist, he like lives his life traveling around different countries. He's never like stationed in one place for very long. So he has no friends, no family, no girlfriend or wife or boy, I don't know, you know, boyfriend or whatever. Like he's no other human being to talk to ever. The only thing he has is this puppet that looks like a human and that he talks to every night, but isn't really a person. Mm. 
So it's like, it's the, the loneliness is terrifying. It's like the Travis Bickle of the Trillipus. One of you wrote that, that like right in the beginning, I, I, I saw your notes and with the first scene you were like, oh, this is gonna be the dream within the dream or it'll be a dream the whole time. And I literally was like, why did you have to call that? Because that was in the back of my mind. Oh, I'm so waking sorry. Up in the end. Uh, I know, Trellin, you ruined it for me. How dare you? I was, was wrong though. I like, I didn't expect a dream in a dream in a loop. Like I was, I was not it was it that, was good. Yeah. The ending was so ambiguous because we didn't know that him waking up and getting that phone call that had already happened. So who's to say that the the ending was not a dream as well? Like, is he in a continual loop, or is this phone call actually a, a real thing? And is he condemned? to repeat the events of the dream that he's had like is this telling us that he's going to be a killer in real life or are is he still asleep like the fact that it yeah. left it ambiguous like that i was like I like it. yeah I, that think, was fun. I think he's condemned because <laughs> i think the shot of him going back to the house is like where which is where we started mm-hmm. like if they hadn't included the shot i could have gone with that being like oh maybe it's just part of the dream but the fact mm-hmm. that he drives up to the house again and then meets the guy so you think it's real yeah, because he's like, that's always where the dream begins, is when I drive mm-hmm. up to this barn and then turn at this corner. And that's exactly where we start up again. That's where we start the movie, and then that's where we end the movie. That's where the credits roll is him. The credits roll, yeah. So you guys think that it's real, too? Or? I, think I don't know. You think it's real in this? Uh, yeah. I, who do you think I don't know. Like, or do you think it's all dream? Like, do you think it's just a loop, endless loop that he's in? I, I, I think it's like, I think it's a supernatural loop. Like, it's real, but it's also supernatural in the sense of like it's just going to keep repeating, and we don't know why. I feel like it's a punishment for him. That's what it leads. Like, to it kind of feels like hell, hell doesn't yeah. it? Like yeah. you're forced yeah. to relive the and, same thing over and over again. And again, and you're think, the villain. Thinking about like, okay, ultimately, what leads him to restart the loop is by killing the psychiatrist so like while i realized maybe it was just too like like intense to pose that idea back then or maybe they left it that ambiguous on purpose but i think he is he killed that psychiatrist or or somebody like him and that's why this is repeating that's like what i think the movie invites you to to think something that is a really good idea i never thought of it being like as like a punishment that's like really a great idea the, that makes a lot more sense that it, it's like he did actually do that and he has to keep doing that or something until he learns to not do it or something yeah but the like it is he's played as this guy again like we all noticed it they're eyeing him like like all these people know something like fucked up mm-hmm. and then for him to just be like now i know what i must do like <laughs> whoa like he, he turns like really evil yeah. does he kill everyone else what happens to everyone else i think when he goes to kill them is when then the, like everything happens where you get this like interjection of the other stories which like you point out trail and like i think i might just post that whole ending clip on youtube for people to watch like that shit is masterfully done. Like, it was such it's a well done crazy, scene. Yeah. You yeah. know what? I wonder if shot. your theory of him having killed someone, like, it being hell and him having killed someone in, like, the, in, like, real world or whatever, like, the psychologist is true because right after, like, you don't, it cuts right from, like, seeing the psychologist die to seeing him pop into, like, this old game, which is, like, where you would get eliminated if you, like, got killed or chopped your head off. And they, mm-hmm. it just immediately jumps into him jumping up and then going chop. 
So I wonder if that's like meaning he killed the psychologist and then he got like he died or something. Like got Whoa. sentenced to death. I'm gonna rewatch it. I'm gonna rewatch the ending. Yeah. But admittedly, I'm I'm scared right to rewatch to it. Yeah, because <laughs> it goes right to those. So what if that's like and then you have the people pushing him into jail? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh that shot was amazing too. The, yeah. the star, the bird eye view, and they all like pick him up. It was oh that was so cool. I know, like, with all of the faces pressed down. to that yeah. the jail cell. I was Ooh. like, ah, oh, <sighs> love that. Yeah. yeah. Super like very... original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we all like <laughs> I think we all have an understanding of like why this movie had to be the way it was. And so for all its I, I don't want to say flaws, but setbacks, uh, and maybe that one, the golf, the golf scene, which I love. Charlie, I love you said the it, golf scene. You said it's your second it. favorite. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's even in your top, like, uh, <laughs> I still think it was like you can't deny like how well everything was done, and uh, everything felt like palpable. Everything felt real. Every felt well acted, and and yeah, you you did feel like you were in this world, and and that ending, I think, mm-hmm. definitely sells the whole thing. So it's it's worth checking out for sure. Before we get into any, like, the interesting trivia, does anyone have anything else to say? I mean, I think that something I noticed, like, after the fact, when I was really thinking about it, is, like, that even though this wasn't very scary, I guess, it really resonated with me on, like, a visceral level. And I was wondering why. And I, I do think that the imagery at the end has a lot to do with that. But I think another part about it, which we lose out, the thing that had me thinking about is I think that older films had the scores in those horror films, like all older films had scores that were actually done by orchestras instead of being artificially made. And in some movies, I think today you can go like, oh, well, that might have made a difference, but like also it doesn't, it's not the end of the world. Like it, I still get this emotional impact, but I think that the one genre I'm realizing now that like this lack of like a score that is so orchestral really makes a difference is like horror movies. Cause there is like, it's with certain horror, I feel like with certain, ones like with Psycho and other stuff where it's like they don't have this much gore but the scenes really cause like a visceral reaction because of the music and I think that mm-hmm. that was like this score was like it wasn't o- like over the top amazing but it yeah. just it, it the impact of having that actual orchestra there it like brings out emotions in you when mm-hmm. you see the scenes and it helps create that like build on a physical level so like when it mm-hmm. happens it's more of a effect as opposed to just like seeing imagery it's like when it also you wasn't distracting no. Yeah. That you know, this reminds me of a conversation I had when, or more of just something a friend told me when I was like young, fairly younger, like uh, it's like probably like sixteen or so, and mm. uh, we're watching some sort of horror movie, and I just remember he looks at me, and it was like a chase scene or something, and they were playing like very like stringy, like eh, like just kind of whoa, it was really intense in your face, and he goes, yeah, but they don't have the scary music. And I just always thought, like, I thought about that. Like, it's just like, wait, you're right. Imagine what it's like being for the person in the horror movie. Like, if you yeah. were the, and, and like, you know, the camera doesn't push in on you dramatically and you don't have scary music. You're just there waiting like, huh, what's going to happen? But because, I know. because of camera movement and because the, the string is going like, eh, like, yeah. you're, <laughs> you're like, ah. <laughs> but just him going, they don't have the scary music. Oh, I know. I think that way, like, imagine being the actor and just, like, having to be expressive for way too long than feels natural, like... Dude, that's what I gotta say, you know, you... Hats off to to you actors, man, because not an easy gig. Hear that, actors? Y'all are doing great. (laughs) Yeah, Nicholson is shining. That was a masterclass. I don't know how he did it. 
Dude. Um, one thought that I have just throughout all of it is that so many of these things, that these stories, it, it just seemed like it was all taking place in the minds of people. Like nothing wrong was actually happening in uh, the world. Like yeah. there was no real evidence that the ghost that the, that Luce, uh, is that her name? Sally, Sally saw like, there was no evidence that, that he had an impact on the world around him, right? So yeah, it was just like yeah. everything that's happening is inside the mind. And I'm just like, wow. So I, I feel like it's relatable in that I mean, I feel like my mind sometimes plays tricks on me too. So it was a lot more believable that way. Also, because they were trying to make sense of it too. Like that's what we would want to do if something yes. weird happens to us, you know? Yes. No, you're right. That definitely adds an extra layer other than just being like, spooky stuff go but it's like trying yeah. to make sense well, and never knowing if it was in their heads or not so you're right it, yeah. it gives an extra layer i mean that was why it was scary to me was because i could see myself in it you know mm -hmm. and it didn't have to be like oh jump scare you know like i mean sure that scares you to an extent but this was more like very unsettling i don't think there was a jump scare right i mean no well neither the dummy like you can see know. everything coming, but like, I don't mean that in a bad way, but like, it doesn't go for like the cheap, you know, scare. Like it just is just actually- Where cheap scares even than like a thing though. That like, there's no like, there's no instance of a thing like, jumping and a music, like a clank, like loud like horror clank. Yeah. yeah. I hate that, yeah. I guess Psycho did have that though. I really, this, that's like 15 years later, but yeah. like maybe that was probably one of the first things that started it, huh? I think, that, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's what's, like, known as, like, the more, the first, I don't even know if it's actually the first, but the first, like, quote-unquote first um, jump scare is Cat People from 1941. So, oh, I think when you're right. she's, like, yeah. walking down the street and then, like, the bus, she thinks it's, like, a cat's gonna jump out of her, but instead it's, like, a bus instead. Oh, it starts cool. as, like, a cat, yeah. But that was, like, people. only a couple years before this, so... Awesome. The more is you there, know. <laughs> is there any any interesting trivia about this movie? There's a lot of interesting trivia about this movie, Alan. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> so uh, there's actually four directors for this movie, if we didn't already establish that. Um, Alberto Cavalcanti, uh, Charles Crichton, Basil Jordan, who is also known for directing uh, Victim, if you know what that film is, and Robert Hammer. Whoa. Mm. So Basil Druden did the framing sequences, like the ending, the beginning, and also um, the hearse driver. Mm. Okay. Uh, that makes um, sense Al to me. Alberto Cavaconti did um, the Christmas party, and then he also did uh, the ventriloquist stuff. Oh. Robert Maybe Hammer did the mirror, and then Charles Crichton did the um, the golfer one. <laughs> I'm never uh, watching another Charles Crichton movie. Uh, <laughs> I might look is it Crichton? I'm <laughs> butchering it. Charlin's like, yeah. I'm going to watch more Crichton movies. <laughs> Preston Sturge's Coen Brothers bit. Like, it did, it did not fit this movie at all. <laughs> the, um, okay, so if anybody's, uh, I don't know, astrophysics or cosmology, like, nerd, um, Fred Hoyle, Thomas Gold and Herman Bondi developed the steady state theory of the universe, which is an alternative to the Big Bang after seeing this movie. 
Can I just say, it says cosmologists, but I was reading cosmetologists, so I (laughs) thought that they were like beauty queens over here. I'm sorry, that's my mistake. They were inspired by the makeup, (laughs) the dead look, the zombie, something like that. What what is that theory, by the way? That's what I was going to say. So the theory is that, um, as the theory that they had as opposed to the Big Bang is instead of saying the universe just started, like the Big Bang sort of does, is that their idea was that the universe works in cycles and that it's always like sort of starting and then ending on itself and then beginning sort of like the film does where it's like a never-ending cycle of like he wakes up from the dream to then go act out the dream then to wake up from the dream again it's like he's saying that the universe goes in cycles now i don't know if there's any scientific evidence to back up that claim i'm gonna go with the big bang theory however interesting that's pretty cool yeah this had an impact Mm. on science as well as film talking talking about the loop again does remind me of maybe another way this movie influence um like carried out influence which is with uh, lost highway which is very much it it ends where it begins Mm. i haven't seen that yet oh shit sorry for that i I love nick cage yeah there's a million he's not in that wait am i thinking of Wild at Heart. You're thinking of Wild at Heart. I'm thinking of Wild at Heart, yeah. Well, now I'm thinking about Nick Cage, so thanks yeah. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, we're, we're uh, Nick Cage in the studio. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, yes, oh, the, the studio. Lord Dern too. <laughs> yeah, Lord Dern is in, um, in, yeah. in Wild at Heart. Yeah. No, I was saying, can we get Lord Dern, too? Oh, yeah. Oh, get Lord. Yes, yeah. yeah. I'd rather have She's... Lord Dern than Nick Cage, but... Okay. I think I would too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are to talk to. Oh, Gosh. Uh, well, uh, you know, I got new parents. Uh. No, do you guys remember that he was on Jay Leno and he he said that he's like he got like a pet parrot that would like fly into mirrors and stuff. You guys seen that interview? I'll try to no, find it. I'll send it to you guys. I know he went bankrupt buying a Triceratops like skull in a bidding war with like Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> of course Fantastic. they were doing it. Of course yeah. they were doing that. It <laughs> So, oh man, yeah. Let's have we uh, covered all the trivia, or that was the trivia that we had not already covered. Okay, yeah. Kylie, did anyone die? Actually, Francis Kent, the little boy that um, in the ghost story, actually yep. did die. So the he story, did die. He that did actor die. or that story, it's based. No, on. not the actor. That story. <laughs> oh oh my god. god. <laughs> You had me thinking that little boy died on oh, set no, somehow, no. and this movie was still put out. They were like, oh. we're going to put it out. Celebrate this little boy. Oh, my God. Okay. No, so Celebrate this little boy. <laughs> so there was, but a little boy named Francis Kent um, did die. Uh, so the, uh, Francis, who is age, I don't even think he was four, was murdered at a Road Hill house in 1860 by his half-sister, Constance, who was 16 at the time. She was arrested and put on trial years later. After serving 20 years in prison, she was released and lived in Australia until she died at 100. Only oh one God. year before the film. Was Why released. was she let go? What? Also, like, that's so fucked up. Moral well, of the story about this whole murder. Like, apparently, this murder is like a really famous murder, and there's like someone wrote a book that won an award about like whether or not it was actually the sister who killed him. But it was, like, very brutal. Like, the four-year-old was found in, like, the outhouse with, like, knife, like, razor marks in his, like, in his chest and his neck. His, like, head been almost, like, decapitated. It was really... 
Uh, moral of the story, if you have a step-sibling, do not trust them. That's where we're going. <laughs> That's the official stance of the podcast. If you have any sibling, do not trust them. No. <laughs> Taking it to are, another level. Um, <laughs> if you are a guy, um, don't have nine kids and then sleep with the nanny. And then when your wife dies, marry the nanny and then have like five more kids and then put them in the same house together. Like that. Oh, yeah. I hear Nothing families bad. of 14 um, tend to do very well in this economy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness uh that actually i i don't want to segue too much i'm having so much fun with you guys that i want to posit my my girlfriend's john benet ramsey theory that i thought was really interesting do you guys know much about john benet the mm. that case mm. oh shit okay yes. we'll, we'll talk about it i don't remember it <laughs> uh, it's better for you to know like the whole case and then because if, if i said it now we'll we'll say we'll come mm. back to that another time mm -hmm. i do want to say uh speaking of child murders uh the we talked in one of our first episodes about the John Landis story, like about like holding him accountable for the death of the two kids and Vic Morrow on uh, the Twilight Zone movie. I've been doing some research and I, I'm just going to get your thoughts here live on the air uh, that what if we did that as the October uh, mini special, mini episode special. I'd be down of, for that. Of we, we dive into that and it, if we can do it to the style of uh of I'll just I can tell that story and you guys can be the the observers. Can we hold them accountable for creating Max Landis though? I think <laughs> <laughs> uh, so so anyway, we'll talk about that offline. But yeah. but I, I just wanted to like throw that 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 we I told totally you know, we know we talked about that and I, I've been doing like I'm I'm definitely ready to like put that episode out. So um, I'm really glad young murders of young people is a trend on your podcast. I think that's what we need to know. <laughs> when we <laughs> So on our kind of, you know, we wrote down, what do we want the podcast to stand for? That was priority number one, is talk about as much child murder. As child possible. murder! Really? It's a good goal. We really want to bring attention to child murders in film because we think it needs yes. to stop. Yes, give the people yeah. what they want. Right. Yeah. Dead kids. On child murders on set. We Less child murders, more cougars. Let's go. Oh, yeah. good. Um, can I just say that, like, children as ghosts, children as antagonists are terrifying? Like, yes. more so more so than anything else to me, I feel yes. like. Cool. So, like, The Shining, the scariest movie for you? I actually haven't seen it. Remember, I love okay. horror so much. Yeah. Um, I did read it, though, but... Yeah. Huh. No, thank per you. Pass. Perhaps, Let's just wait. perhaps, um, we talk about doing these kind of like extra content things uh, that that necessarily podcast format, but an audio recording. But it's not. It's different from this. Whereas, let's say we would record us watching The Shining, the audio of us watching it, maybe the video <laughs> too, and and like then post that. It's you know how people make those reaction videos, but this is like a super long reaction video of just watching The Shining. Someone watching and, us watching The Shining. Yeah, yeah. People are into that kind of stuff. So like cool. I just even just for the sake of like being able to experience that with you live via Zoom, you watching The Shining, uh and, and like just have yeah. Are you talking about Aria Middleman? I'm talking or about are yeah. you talking about collective you? So I'm me, talking, Aria. I'm talking about like <laughs> This crew right here, we all watch The Shining together, and you're watching for the first time, and we get to see your reaction. Oh, my God. Wouldn't um, that be fun? Wouldn't that be fun? That would. I just, uh, I don't know how. I, I read the book, and I know how dark 
it can go. So in comparison to the movie we watched today, I think this was tame. This was digestible. Like, I can eat now. But mm-hmm. after seeing The Shine, I can't promise that I'm going to eat again. So if that's what fate you want for me, Alan, then sure, let's do it. <laughs> I do have a confession to make that I didn't come up with an over their heads review and i put one down but uh i don't think it's that great it's just a guy who's just like i don't know this is the point i saw i saw that you posted it i did just want to highlight that yes give the credit to whoever posted because i did not i just straight up forgot so that's my bad uh trellin since you posted one do you want to read it oh sure yeah Okay, so this uh, review is titled Overrated Piece of Garbage. This movie, oh, it's by uh, FFE Jayhawk 22 and 2010. This movie I have, was I have a, a young... quick story. I have oh, a, yeah. a quick story about like kind of goofy names like this. I was playing Call of Duty one time and um, a, a friend, I forgot what, we were just talking about ridiculous names. So <laughs> this turned into an Inception thing. Mm-hmm. And then he goes, we're like, oh yeah, this name or that name. Then a guy, uh, one of my friends goes, yeah, or your name could be Dragon Demon 1995. And I'd laugh like so hard, like, wow, like imagine somebody did that. And I didn't realize till after we went into the lobby and you can see everybody's name more clearly yeah. that there, the reason he said it was because someone was on the opposite team called Dragon yeah. Demon 1995. So it, <laughs> <laughs> like the scene in Step Brothers. So it, it's just like when people have these silly screen names. But yeah, sorry. Mm. Sorry for interrupting. Go on. This movie was a yawn. There was nothing to it but dramatic music there. It's okay. I'm going to be talking. It, it's grammatically illiterate. Yes, so it is not you not, not being single, able to read. It is yeah. this person's terrible diction. And I, I'll right. stumble just because it's like. Yes, and let's see like, how like, many wow. times we can interrupt Trellin. <laughs> There's not one single scene in this whole waste of time that was even remotely frightening, spooky, or visually chilling in any way. Other people claimed it is original and a stepping stone for other anthologies, which is also not true. As there, how is that not true? As there yeah, it's also not true. Because uh, who is this, Donald Trump? It's not true because yeah. I say so. <laughs> yeah. Before this and other horror films, as well, that there were far more effective than this utter drivel. Oh. He, probably, he was probably happy when he wrote that. We've got it has to be the, <laughs> he, he was sucking his own dick when he said that. It has to be the driest, stuffiest group of clue-like characters that you could possibly slam together in one cast. I wouldn't recommend this movie to anyone unless they are having trouble sleeping as this lullaby will put you right out. This movie deserves to be lost in time and shouldn't be misrepresented by so many stars as it isn't even worth one for me. I also want to make it Clear that I like older films. It is not that I don't understand the period. It's just that this movie really, really sucks. <laughs> oh, oh my, my goodness. God. Let's make that clear. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, is there, what final questions do you guys have? Uh, yeah, I, I think we could, we, I'll delete the ones we already kind of did. Let's see. All right, so what's uh, favorite and least favorite sections of the story? We do guess first. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that'll be the new rule. Guess first. To be honest, I was just trying to think. I have so many favorite parts. It's hard to choose (laughs) one. Um, You, I just, for some reason, the golf segment was like the most absurd 
And I think that's maybe why I enjoyed it so much. Because I was like, when has a ghost ever been so happy? What, what, happy? Like, when have two people been so, like, communicative? Two friends? Like, oh, okay, you're dead? Oh, that's interesting. Wow. How, how is that? Like, oh, I forgot how to get home. My bad. Like, I, I just thought it was funny. So I think that was my favorite section. And then, uh, I guess my the least favorite would have had to have been the mirror there was so much yeah. potential with that segment it was just too long and there was too much you know like someone measured how many moment how many minutes in twilight of bella and edward staring at each other like 17 minutes of staring <laughs> and i would like to do that but with this man staring into the mirror like there was too long Glass attention span, my friends. I really do. <laughs> oh, so sorry. If... Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think my favorite was probably, if we're not going to choose the ending, then probably the ventriloquism. Mm -hmm. That was pretty freaky. And then I would say the golf one, not because they didn't like it, I just didn't feel like it fit with the tone of the movie. Yeah. Let's say that was my only. But I liked it. I enjoyed it. I was just like, oh, I wish this was like a separate short film. Yeah. I loved seeing the guy like walking down the aisle in the wedding. That was so funny. It was. <laughs> Alan, how about you? With his golf bag. Yeah. <laughs> I think for yeah. me, while I did, while I enjoyed the ride, it, I think it was just seeing it once it took the darkest turn, which was all these stories were like, okay, even if the stuff did happen, it's not here with our main people. Like they are safe, they are okay. When shit hits the fan and he strangles the guy and goes through that whole thing, that just really sold it for me. And I, that's where yeah. I was like, yeah, that, that was my favorite part of the movie for sure. Yeah, we, think... we got a sexy shot of that double chin also. <laughs> <laughs> so many people with like facial, like, like scars. Like there was the old golf guy and that protagonist. So many people have these like marks on their face. I don't know what was going on with the people back then. I, uh, the least favorite? At least favorite, the golf one. Yeah, come on, that was ridiculous. Oh, what? <laughs> disappointed in you guys. <laughs> I, I, do, I think I'm no joke just gonna post that whole last sequence uh, on YouTube. Maybe I'll like throw one of us like, like where we discussed it. Because I think people need to experience that. Like that, that thing was amazing. Hey, Ari, if you haven't already realized, Alan's single-handedly on a mission to um, get us banned from YouTube. Oh, Alan, <laughs> I'm glad someone had that in mind. It's good he's we, thoughtful. We have already had several complaints on YouTube, but our most recent one, I'll, I'll just publicly announce this, our, we condemn the movie Roar because they there's a stamp at the beginning that says there is no animal cruelty in this movie. Uh, you just watched the movie. That's very cruelty. much false. They, they say no animals were harmed during making this movie. That is also false. That they were animals that escaped and were shot by police. That is fact. And so we made a video when we we talked about that when we did Roar. So I put together footage from the movie with that stamp plus our audio of us stating these facts with pictures of the articles. Somebody would we thought was like creators of the movie, which for all we know it was. Um, reported you reported us and said you know they don't have permission to use this footage so on and so forth and so youtube took it down uh what i found out was that they didn't report it as this is roar they said this is a tv show called raya man from india from like 87 season one 
actually there was only one season but yeah uh so i was like well that's false so i wrote back and used my like little copyright knowledge from this copyright book from a class and was like you know i really do think that what we did was transformative use and like it does fall within copyright there was criticism we only use as much footage as we needed blah 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 uh plus by the way to top it all off like in all fucking caps i mean i didn't put in all caps but i wanted to like this is not raya man this is more <laughs> like this is not you're reporting the wrong they reported the wrong thing and within like two days like youtube lifted the ban and so yeah but when we posted our latest yeah. with indiana jones clips i can't even tell you how fast that the, got taken down well not taken down but but just uh I, we don't monetize any of our videos right we just want to like yeah, post yeah. our commentary with some clips right just like show what we're talking about here and within minutes it popped up maybe only by the time the video was finished loading it was like by the way paramount owns footage that you're using so yeah. you cannot monetize this video like so fast they were like no 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 this is our shit we're gonna make money off it mm -hmm. this is so ridiculous man they like my white savior uh, montage for that movie <laughs> they they were not happy with it they told me <laughs> but that was a really good that was a really good thing you did trellin so thank you again for that no is problem there, um, oh. I was going to say, my favorite was the ventriloquist, and I agree, the mirror, I think, was the worst, just because mm -hmm. we saw the same scene over, it's like, are you looking at something, or it's like, I see something, honey, she's like, no, you don't, he's like, okay, because I had you to see happen, like, four or five No build-up. It yeah. reminded me of, like, gay conversion therapy, where it's like, just, you tell yourself you don't see it, and you don't see it, and like, tell yourself you're not gay, and you won't be gay. Like, that's whatever, like, you're trying to deny that this man is seeing stuff that he believes he's seeing. Like, I don't know. That's totally besides the point, but yeah. Don't make Gusta. Googie could have definitely been more sympathetic. I love her, but just saying. Just saying. <laughs> you, um, you had such a special connection, you and Goog. But you know, I'm gonna call her on her shit, you know what I mean? I do. <laughs> That's what you do in a relationship. You keep it real. <laughs> Is there um, some, one of you guys asked, what, what would you double feature this with? Uh, and mm -hmm. I guess maybe that isn't necessarily another anthology movie, but I would say maybe that's how you, what you want us to think. Uh, yeah. What would you guys pair this movie with? Do I go first? I suppose if I you am have guest one today. Or, yeah. oh, well, yes. I don't necessarily have one. I think this could be cool to pair with a film noir movie, perhaps one in black oh. and white. Cause I don't know if you guys did notice like how, I mean, I'm sure you did. Cause you're all like amazing at technical stuff. But when I noticed the lighting, I was like, oh wow. That's like bringing something else to it. And film noir totally capitalized on that. So I think, I mean, pairing it with something else that's from the time period. Uh, do I have any specific examples? No, but something similar from the mm. same time period that I could see being a little more outwardly malicious. I feel like it would be cool to just see the parallels and perhaps one from America and not from Britain so that mm. we could also see the cultural differences. Building off that, I think um, Kiss Me Deadly would be an amazing noir to watch with this because it has sci-fi mm. and horror elements in it that's unlike other classic noir movies. Yes, you're totally right. I mean, I can't really think of any other uh, Nors that had this, I don't want to spoil it too much, but like you said, this kind of supernatural thing to it of like, it's just like, wow, you would not expect that at all. Mm -hmm. Also, I, I'll throw in quite on, uh, is it quite quite on or? It's that, that was what thing. I was going to say. I was going to say quite on. I haven't seen it all the way through, but I've seen clips of it and it's like really awesome. It's also an anthology uh, Japanese horror movie. It's incredible. Kylie? 
I mean, I, um, yeah, I feel like the seats, the noirs, I definitely see the noir angle. I also feel like the, like, I would really want to see this with like a 40s, 50s, or 60s, like, ho like horror anthology as well, like maybe like an Edgar Allan Poe type thing. But I haven't seen enough to think of one that like maybe pair it with. Maybe one of those, like, I think Vincent Price did a few, like maybe one of those where it's sort of like that same set of like three or four stories. Yeah. There's a Vincent Price movie where he was super old that that one of you guys, probably you, Kylie, honestly, put, put on the watch list. That sounds amazing. It's like him as an actor confronting a critic or something like that. Yes, Cedar Blood. It's like the it's almost like it's the late 70s. He's like like he yeah. looked like he was about to fall apart. Like he looked like he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he plays like this um, actor who like gets these terrible reviews like this Shakespearean actor. So he's very intense. Uh, and so he like fakes his death and then like, back in the future and then kill all in like Shakespearean oh, way. That's awesome. Into yeah. it. It's really cool. It's like yeah. a slasher film, but like also with Vincent Price. So it's like, it's a good <laughs> Shakespeare references if you like Shakespeare. Amazing. Now just add some dead kids and they'll be on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh my god! I don't think there was a better way to to end the show than, than to segue into the uh, the garlic uh, ca cashew yeah. spicy cashews from Trader Joe's, right? <laughs> oh, wait, it's I coming. Do, I have a question. It fills oh. off about oh the, the ventriloquism, like or the ventriloquist, like part of the story was probably one of the most talked about. Um, my question is, which is more terrifying? The idea of there being a sentient dummy that is sort of like an asshole or the idea of this guy having the uh, personality disorder, like which of the two is more frightening? The dummy. I think the dummy being alive. The dummy. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. we're all used to crazy people. We're not used yeah. to crazy, you know, Dummies. dolls that I, can move. Yeah. Uh -uh. I, I mean, I'm crazy. I got two personalities. But if I saw a dummy <laughs> talking to me now, I'd be, you know, I'm scared <laughs> of shit. <laughs> yeah. I feel like for me, it would be the other one because I feel like the dummy can't really do much. Whereas, like, the crazy man, it's A, it's like the man can do a lot more than the dummy. And B, it's like, if it could happen to him, can it happen to you? And I you can't separate yourself from yourself, whereas the dummy, mm. you can, like, eventually, like, thwart it or whatever, but you can't just, right. yeah. I would happily be killed by a murderous man over a murderous doll. Like, <laughs> just the last moments that I would be living with that face in my face. No, no, no. Uh, at least I'm looking I, at an attractive man, you know? He, the, he was cute, I gotta say. The imagery of you saying happily killed by a, by a man and just you like smiling <laughs> as he stabs you like, oh. <laughs> Better than a doll. Yeah. <laughs> how is he gonna kill you? Is he gonna bite you to death? I mean, it, he however he needs to, however he needs Dude. to get it done. Oh, what about when he bit himself with the doll? We didn't talk about yeah, that. You see the teeth that, marks? Some yeah. kinky ass shit. <laughs> Again, why was Sylvester still wanting to be his friend after that? Oh my God. Get out of there. Cool. Like vampire doll, back from the dead. Ugh. Yeah. But this was amazing. Aria, thank you so much for coming on. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to have you back on the show. I hope you had a good time. For The Shining. There we go. <laughs> um thank you so much for having me it was a blast to watch something that i would literally never pick for myself and i'm glad Aww. i was able to decompress with some sane people yay. yay well um with that we are gonna sign off and look forward to next uh next time we see you guys do we want to announce What's that movie? Movie next time? yeah announce it yeah it is called ride wait
Race with the devil? Ride with the devil? Race or ride? Your confidence is amazing. I know. know. (laughs) Let's see. Okay, hold on. All right. Stalling. Two seconds. Two seconds. You guys oh, I misspelled it. I can't correct you. Insert cheery elevator music. Race here. with the devil. Race, oh, okay. with the Race with the devil. It is about Peter it, Fonda. It is Peter Fonda and a I don't know if they are bikers themselves, the satanic cult, but it's about Peter Fonda mm-hmm. and a satanic cult. It sounds amazing, and that's what we're gonna watch next time. So mm-hmm. looking forward to that. Guys, thank you so much. And um, yeah, that's it. Have a great uh, weekend. Alrighty. Alrighty. Just room for one more inside, sir.